Good day, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 20th of October. It's crazy, you guys. We've got 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Counting today, 12 days until Halloween. It seems like a long time, but time is flying. Like, literally, I blinked in October's gonna be gone. I don't know what happened. And there's snow on the ground. It is winter. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how fast time flies. I needed that. So you guys, how was your day yesterday? What was the challenge? What did we talk about? Cain and Abel, let's recap yesterday. Because today, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff things that I think we need to talk about as a society, and it needs to be okay to talk about it. Um, so yesterday we talked about Cain and Abel from chapter... Is it three or four? It was chapter four. Or chapter, yep, chapter four. So in chapter four, we talked about Cain and Abel, and they were the sons of Adam and Eve. Uh, Cain was um, the person who raised the sheep and the cattle, and Abel was the, or, ugh, I was wrong. Abel was the one who raised the sheep and the cattle, and Cain was the one who worked the ground. Now, Abel gave his very best offering to God, he gave him the firstborn, gave him the fattiest. He gave God his best. Um, Cain just gave God whatever. So in a jealous insecurity, um, you know, behavior, Cain rose up and killed his brother because he didn't like that his insecurities and his lack of love for God was brought out by his brother. He wasn't going to be shown up by his brother. You're not going to do better than me. I'm going to kill you. So he killed him. And that really started spiraling. You know, you know, mankind just doing whatever they wanted because God didn't ultimately come up and destroy Cain for it. But Cain forever lived in turmoil over it. Um, and that's really, you know, it's a, it's a sad thing where our history started to downward spiral because we do that today. Yesterday when I was, I scrolled through Facebook just to see what goes on. It's quite interesting how people like to be entertained. Um, society loves to watch other people in pain. They get enjoyment out of seeing people suffer, people in pain, eat the, they love watching people eating the worst kind of foods. They love seeing people getting innerly tortured. Um, and it's just so bizarre. I don't find that quite entertaining. But I watch it to watch the behaviors. So a lot of yesterday it seemed to be popping up was what they call the Karens. 
Um, but ultimately, this is the biblically, this is the Pharisee within people that doesn't want to see the truth. As the Pharisees who didn't like how Jesus brought their um, ugly lies out to the light. These people are the same way. They don't want to see the truth. So they deflect just like Cain did. He didn't want to see that he wasn't giving his best in the world. So what does he do? He kills his brother and he runs. And how does like his response to God was quite interesting. Am I my brother's keeper? Like he ultimately lied straight out to God. Like, do you not know God? It makes me wonder if he was just aware there was a God, but his heart had always been so closed like he just grew up. It made me wonder about that story. Like, did God set forth these events to hopefully help Cain? Because this is how God's helped me. But I saw how God was making things, painful things into a lesson to help me grow. And I embraced it. And I received it. Um, but I, I can see God setting these systems in place to bring this out in Cain and hopefully Cain would soften at the heart and want to grow and maybe become um, closer to God, you know, because ultimately that's what God wants us to be close to him. And when you allow those lessons to teach you like they should, like in that lesson, if Cain would have humbled himself and been like, you are correct, God. I am harboring sin in my heart. I am angry because I am jealous because I didn't give you my best. Let's just talk about the flip side to that. If Cain would have recognized his wrongdoing, this is hard for people. I know because it's hard for me to see my wrong when I want to blame others for why I'm upset. But if Cain would have humbled himself and said, you're right, God, I am jealous because I wasn't giving my best to you. I was just giving you whatever. And Abel was giving his best. And it made me feel inferior because I could have done better. But Cain wasn't able to do that. He allowed, like God said, he allowed the sin to fester in him and he allowed the sin to take control. And the sin took control over and, you know, created the situation where Cain just killed his brother. Um, we do that today, you guys, all the time, every day. So when I asked you to challenge yourself to think about it, could you think of something? Uh, this is a struggle for people. I've, I've experienced it even this summer where I was so angry and I wanted to believe somebody was the bad guy. True story. I had my head so twisted up and truly justifying my thought process. And at some point in time, this person was able to tell me, you treat me like I'm the bad guy. And um, 
I really had to reflect on that. And I wanted to justify my my thought process with all kinds of things, but I realized that he was right. I do treat a lot of people around me like they are the bad guys, especially this one person. And I justified it. Oh, that was a hard apology for me. And I had to, I had to really look at my history and I had to look down every time I got angry and every time, you know, we had interactions together. I really had to look at that and be like, dang, he was right. I do do that. And regardless of what another person does, does not justify you to turn around and be negative too. We should not be returning negative behavior from negative behavior. So say somebody spits in your face. It doesn't give me the moral right to turn around and spit in their face. It's just not a thing. We don't do that. This is not personal. Because when you do that, you're losing control and you've just lost the battle. You've given in to your emotions and you have allowed them to set the pace of what this engagement is going to be. See what I mean? Now they have control with their negativity and you've lost. You are no longer in control of yourself. They control you. They got you to return with negativity just by being negative. I mean, think about that. You can say you're in control, but you're not. When somebody does something bad to you and you are not able to think with a clear head and you react on emotion, and usually our first reaction is wrong when we react on emotion, you guys. That's emotional state. And it's usually the first reaction is wrong because it's our flesh reaction and our flesh reaction is selfish. True story. So when you react on emotion, you are now engaging in their game, in their emotions, and they've won. And now they're in control because they got you to do exactly how they wanted you to react. I know because when I treat people like they're the bad guy, the first thing I do is self-sabotage. I will pull away from the situation, okay? I will turn inward and I will become, what's the word? You seem, I want to be quiet, but in a more blunt, like short. I'm very short in my conversation. I'm very emotionless. I don't show care. I'm not engaging as actively as I am in conversation. I only answer with the bare minimum required response. Like I don't engage in the conversation like I normally do. And it's very obvious. So I remove myself. I become isolated within myself. And I also um, 
don't engage with full participation in any conversation. So it causes the other person to become confused. Like, I don't understand. Okay. Even if they did something, a lot of people are unaware of their behavior. They become, the other person becomes confused. Why is this happening? Why, why are they not talking? Why, why, why? I know I've been through it. They ask all the whys. And then when they start asking why, my first thing is to just be abrupt in my conversation and make excuses to not answer. And then I ignore the situation till it becomes a frustrating, um, like this, it becomes a frustrating conversation where now the focus is lost and it's just two frustrated people and I am able to justify and walk away. This is a true story. And I think you guys should re-listen to that part because that is what self-sabotage is. There's many faces to self-sabotage, but I have become very good at that way of self-sabotaging. And some of us do that without even realizing we do it. I, that was my defense strategy in life. Since I was a little girl, I would shut down emotionally and become blank. I would turn inward and I would give only what was required. And that is how I protected myself from becoming emotionally involved in situations that I could not control when I was a child. But yet I had to stay in them because there was nowhere for me to run. I didn't have anywhere to run. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't know what to do. So I just learned to find solitude within myself and to keep a sane mind. But I carried that into my adult years where when I was capable of removing myself from the situation, I did. I learned to walk away really, really quick after a while. Um, almost too easy from people. Like it doesn't take much and I'll walk away because I don't have to. I don't have to engage in anything. I'm not required to. So it's not a very good thing to carry into your adulthood is something that God's been trying to get out of me. Did I get off track, God, a little bit? I got off track, you guys, a little bit. But there's something about self-sabotage. I hope that really got you thinking. Um, so today, oh, you guys, I'm a little tired. I'm not going to lie. How was your Monday? Monday, I love Mondays. Um, Monday was actually pretty good, but man, I'm tired. I'm off my sleep schedule um, too much. I've been staying up way too late and trying to like get up too late and I've got to switch it around. I swore I was going to do it today and I ended up staying up way too late listening to music. I've been on a music kick lately and there's this really great song by... Red Hot Chili Peppers called um, A.O. Snow. I love that song. That's my that's my morning wake up song lately. I love that song. 
Um, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I normally, like, I haven't listened to them for a long time. So I've just been on a kick with them. That and Eminem. Like, I was listening to Eminem at, like, 11 o'clock at night with my headphones in to not wake up the neighbors. But I love Eminem. I journeyed my life through him. So... I'm coming full circle with a lot of things. And there's a couple songs where it's like, yeah, now that song makes sense to me. It really does. Like it, it really not only makes sense here, but it, it, it does something to my heart where it just clicks where it's like, man, you know what? I get it. That song speaks to me. And that has, is how God has used music to pursue me. He will, help me heal inwardly by showing me why these particular songs touched me as a child. Like there's a lot of Eminem music I've memorized. Uh, and I, I never knew why I loved them. And now I get it. Like, it's like, Oh God, you were pre showing me, a song that was going to speak into my life like years later. That's how God works. It's very interesting. So you guys, how do I want to do this now? So you guys, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit different, but it is biblical and I want to talk about it. Um, we are going to be talking about the uterus and our menstrual cycles. I have been inspired um, by um, somebody I know, she posted something about tampons um, and the toxicity. And I believe this one had been unwrapped and there was some mold on it or something. It was really gross. Um, and uh, it inspired me to really talk about this because I do not use tampons. I used to, but I do not anymore. I've done a lot of research on tampons, you guys. They are toxic. They say they're toxic. The chemicals that are within the fabric that is woven in a tampon. And you guys, I don't even have a tampon in my house. Like, I will never own another tampon in my home again. Um, but we're going to say this is a tampon. So the toxins that are woven into a tampon are toxic. Like with the cotton and stuff, we're sticking that as women in a very sensitive part in our bodies and our bodies will stick around it and um, it's dangerous. So I'm going to show you, I've got a diagram, but I'm going to talk directly from the Bible of how it speaks about it. And it's from the Old Testament and I'll break it down because I've read some books on this. Guys, tea is so good this morning. So you guys, in Leviticus, you know, the hard chapter that nobody likes to read. Um, in chapter 15, and it starts at verse 19, okay? Um, now, mind you, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to break it down for you. This is the Old Testament. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to explain why it talks about the menstrual blood the way it does. And I'm going to talk about it, not vulgarly, but I'm going to be blunt with my vocabulary. Like it's just going to be straight out what it is. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, so 
I'm pre-warning you now, if it's something that's going to cause inner turmoil, um, you're making the choice to listen. Um, but this is education. It truly is. Men and women need to understand each other. Men too. Men. You, you need this education. You need to understand how the woman body works and you need to understand like the things we go through this 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 is something we go through and to help spread education it's good for people to know these things you never know when you could share this information to another person and inspire them with what i'm about to share with you so in chapter 15 of leviticus and it starts at verse 19 if a woman has discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, she shall she she shall be set apart seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Everything that she lies on during her impurity shall be unclean. Also, everything she sits on shall be unclean. Whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. Whoever touches anything that she sat on shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. If anything is on her bed or, or anything on which she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. And if any man lies with her at all, so that her impurity is on him, he shall be unclean seven days on every bed in which he lies shall be unclean. There's a little bit more to it. It's just detailed, like, you know, um, the thing about this was this was the old covenant between God and man. So we don't do things customary that way anymore. There is a reason why the menstrual blood is considered unclean, you guys. Okay. When God speaks about this. And I hope this is bright enough, you guys. This is, do I want this? Yes. Let me redo this. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't like that color. It doesn't show up. So, oh, here we go. This is better. So you guys, this is where the, the menstrual blood comes from, okay? This is where, you know, it builds this outer wall. And what will happen is, let me get even further in here, okay? Ugh. I never said I was a good drawer, you guys, but I do my best, so. Um... Now, this is this right here, just bigger, okay? What the thing about this is, this is where the baby can grow, right? But what happens is, is it builds this protective wall. This is blood. But blood, it's a blood wall, okay? Okay. It's a blood wall that is built around our uterus, okay? So that if you get pregnant, 
it can, you know, protect the eggs and the baby, okay? Like, it's our woman's way of naturally being able to reproduce. I can't even talk, right? So you have this blood wall in here. And once a month, this blood wall starts to break down. Okay, and it starts to shed. This has to shed once a month. Shed one per month, okay? Um, all of that blood has to shed. It will only last one month. So in one month, this blood wall becomes dead blood, okay? I'm going to be blunt about it. This blood becomes dead blood, okay? So now you have all this dead blood, right? And it's wanting to come out from there. It comes out like that. But see, here's the problem, you guys. For a long time, we've been using tampons. Okay, this is the tampon. Okay. We stick the tampon up there, okay? This tampon only absorbs a small amount of what comes out. Um, and a lot of this that comes off this wall is clots. It's blood clots. The tampon does not absorb blood clots. So what happens is for seven days, we are shoving, we are keeping this blood up here with the tampon, okay? The tampon keeps pushing this and keeping it up here. And podcasters, I will share the link. I don't, I keep forgetting to say that I do that whenever I do a diagram, but I will share the link because I think this is very important for us to see. So the tampon keeps this blood clots shoved in our uterus, you guys. Okay. So now. The seven days is over, you guys, right? The tampon, this is what happens, you guys. I'm just going to redraw it again, okay? Okay, what happens is because the tampon was sitting right up against the uterus, right? This is the tampon. And it only absorbed the liquid part of the blood, which isn't the biggest part of your period, okay? There's still chunks of the blood wall up here. This is the blood wall, okay? 
after seven days, that is still up there. And now you're, and it's, it's cause it got shoved up there. In those seven days, our body is made to push it out in seven days. So if we haven't pushed it out yet, it's kind of now it's stuffed in there. Okay. And so after seven days, here your body goes again. It starts rebuilding a new wall on top of the old one. And you guys, this is dead blood. This is dead. Okay. That, and the reason I say that is that's why it was considered unclean in the Bible. Because when you go on your menstrual cycle, that blood is dead blood. So back in the biblical days, what they did is they had what was called, here's a history lesson, you guys. I need to drink a tea. So back in the biblical days, they had these things called the red tents, right? Red tents were where the women went as groups together because um, they would all be on their menstrual cycle together. So biblically, these women would put up their red tent, they would lay hay in the tent, and they would lay together for these seven days. The men were not allowed in these red tents. Um, so the women would take care of each other. They would rub their backs. They would make sweets. They would just allow the blood to flow out on this hay. And when the seven days was over, they would burn the hay. They couldn't just toss it out in the field. They actually had to burn it to dispose of it because it was dead blood cells. Um, and this is how the menstrual cycle was handled in the biblical days. You guys, there is an amazing book that really depicts this. I've read it twice. It's called The Red Tent. And it actually um, comes from the story of, uh, if you guys heard of Joseph, we'll eventually get to him. He's one of the 12 brothers of the 12 tribes of Israel. This book derives from that family, but it's taken an account of the female side. So I learned a lot about how they handled childbirth, how they handled the menstrual cycles in this book. It was an amazing biblical book. Absolutely love it. The Red Tent. Um, I suggest it to anybody. It was such an amazing factual book. It taught me a lot. So that is how the menstrual cycle was handled back in the day. And in fact, men were not allowed in the red tent. They were not. You were not allowed to go in there. You were not allowed to touch the blood. And it was like you women were allowed the seven days for the blood to come out and flow out. We were created to allow the blood to flow out of us so that that way our uterus would be cleansed for the next month. Why? Because we carried the new life. This is so very important for a child to be cl born clean. Now, if a uterus, you guys, think about this. Think even deeper, you guys. Imagine how many years using tampons, okay? Dead blood after dead blood, dead, dead blood getting left up there. There's a rise in birth defects, into problems with the uterus, into... Uh, ovarian cancer, cancer in the uterus. There's so much cancer, you guys. 
And we're, we're asking why, but in the wrong direction. It's going to eventually come out and it's, it's not right now because the tampon company is a big company. They don't want to be the bad guy because there's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. They knowingly made a product that was toxic for our uterus that was keeping in what is supposed to be coming out. It has caused cancer and I'm going to say it. Um, and it is going to come out one day and these tampon companies are going to be non-existent. Tampons are causing cancer in women. Just nobody's really put the pieces together yet to really fully bring a case against the tampon company. Why? Because there's loopholes for all these, you know, for all these big companies. There's loopholes for them to get away with what they're doing. They can make toxic products, you guys. Everybody's doing it because the consumer is consuming. We're supposed to, these tampons are toxic, you guys. This is supposed to be allowed to come out. Now, the reason I started on this, where's my thing? Okay. So for a couple years now, I've been doing some research. I've heard some things about the menstrual cup, you guys, and I've been doing the research. Um, I didn't know anybody who had one who had tried it. All I had was the internet to rely on. And man, like even that is kind of sketchy itself. And this year I took the plunge. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I'd stopped using tampons, but I didn't like using pads because it's messy, but I had a problem with not allowing my menstrual cycle to come out. I just had a problem with it. So one day I was in Walmart and I finally made the plunge to purchase the menstrual cup. Now I have two different brands and I'm going to show you the one. This is called Me Luna. Okay. This is the bag. This is the brand. This was the one I got online for $24. Okay. They make them fitted. You can, if you're tall, they make them for tall, small, thicker. They make different sizes. This is the menstrual cup, you guys. Okay. This is the Maluna one. This is my smaller one. I have a larger one for um, the beginning of my cycle because there's more blood flow, there's more blood clots. And I have this one, and you guys, let's keep it straight, it's clean. You know, this is, I'm educating you. So just know that if it bothers you, you have a choice not to watch. So this one, I really, I really like because it's the end of mine. And it's, you know, when you look at it, you think, how do you get it up there? Well, you fold it and you fit it up there. And this is what it does, you guys. This is 
um, I fell in love. As soon as I used it, I threw away any other product in my home. You only need one. You truly only need one a year. I mean, that's how easy it is to upkeep. And so when I used it, when and there's lots of YouTube videos showing you how to use it. This is how it works, you guys. You put it in and it opens up, okay? And it fits perfectly. Like, I'll show you. It fits perfectly. When you get it up there, it opens up, okay? Now, look, it can, the clots can come out. And I'm going to be blunt about what I mean, you guys. This blood wall, these blood clots, this is blood clots on this wall. These blood clots have the ability to come out. They're not getting shoved up there by a tampon and getting stuck. They're allowed, your body is able to now release and let go of these things, right? So when you take it out, you guys, and I'm not kidding, this one's a smaller one. At the beginning of my period, this does not work. But this will be full of blood clots. Okay. You can see what comes out because when you remove it and it's, it's clean, you guys, it's not, this is cleaner than tampons. When you remove it and dump it out, you can see the clots and you guys, the first three months I used this, um, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised at what I could tell that tampons had done some damage to my uterus. I can tell that it had shoved enough up there and I was becoming healthier in my eating habits. So my body was naturally learning how to push things out now because women, we are designed to push things out. The first three months I saw what tampons shoved up there and kept up there. That is why I stress this. Tampons are toxic. They're causing cancer. They're pushing dead blood and keeping it up in our uterus. This is causing birth defects. This is causing cancer. It's dead blood clots. And you can see, I'm telling you, when the first three months you use this, if you've used tampons, you're going to see an extreme amount of blood clots come out of you. It's almost scary. Um, but I've used this for a while now. And there, there isn't a lot that comes out. Not like when I first started using it. So you guys, this is the most genius thing somebody ever came up with. And the other brand I have is the Diva Cup. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it at any drugstore. This one, I found an online website, Me Luna. And I absolutely love it. I love it because I was able to put in my body shape and my uterus shape. We, most women, we know our uterus shape. We know, you know, what we can fit in there, truly. 
and you are able to create your own, your own size with your own like little grab thing. Cause when it's in there, you want to be able to grab it out, you know, cause it gets stuck in there and you want to be able to like wiggle it out like this to be able to dump it out. Um, but you guys, the most easiest, cleanest thing. And when I'm done, like I put it in hot boiling water and it's clean. Like you wash it every time you dump it out. It comes with a neat bag. But you guys, the reason I share this is because we have a generation of young girls that are growing up on tampons. Um, I was part of one, but I didn't use tampons until I was like 18, I think. Because we just didn't use them in my home. And I'm actually really grateful for that. But I did use them in my 20s. Um, I didn't like them. I didn't like them. I don't know why. I just didn't like them. They were very uncomfortable. And these cups are not uncomfortable. They're very, it, you don't even feel it. It's, it's, it's more painful to stick a tampon in here, you guys. I was always, it always hurt to push a tampon in. This cup does not hurt. It does not hurt to stick it up in there. I don't know why it just doesn't. You would think it would. It does not. It doesn't hurt. And once it's in there, it's so comfortable. Like it's second nature now for me. Um, but we have daughters, you guys. I have a daughter. And I don't want her growing up using something that's going to cause her health problems. And so we need to educate ourselves as parents. And I invite you to do the research. Start looking up these things that I'm showing you. Really think about it. Start critically thinking and going, you're right. That is how the uterus works. I mean, logically think of what a tampon does. Really think logically about this. And then you go, well, Christine, why do, why do people, why aren't more people talking about it? Because you're talking about taking on big companies that have been making millions and billions of dollars for decades. You're talking about taking them on and bringing them down and going, you guys knew because they knew. Deep down, these companies know that these things were toxic and the rise of cancer. Let's look up some statistics about uterus can uh, cancer um, and be ovarian cancer. Ovarian. Aha, there it is. Okay, so first thing I do when I'm looking up statistics is I want to know the year that this document was written, okay? Um, this is the American Cancer Society. Set terms and conditions. I always ask because there's cookies on this website. Um, he's about, I want to know when this was written, and it doesn't give me... A date. It's just talking about it. Oh, right here. Last revised January 8th, 2020. So it was this particular thing 
was revised at the beginning of the year. And this comes from American Cancer Society. About 21,750 women will receive a new diagnosis of ovarian cancer. This is in the United States alone. About 13,940 women will die of ovarian cancer. Wow, you guys. That's almost 14,000 women. Okay, ovarian cancer ranks fifth in cancer deaths among women, accounting for more deaths than any other cancer of female reproductive system. A woman's risk of getting ovarian cancer during her lifetime is one in 78, you guys. One out of 78 women are going to get ovarian cancer. Some of them are going to die. That means I know more than 78 women on my Facebook. One out of 78 of us is going to get ovarian cancer. I know people that have had cancer. And they're very fortunate that they lived through it. They don't talk about it. Okay, a woman's risk of getting ovarian cancer during her lifetime is 1 in 78. Her lifetime chance of dying from ovarian cancer is 1 in 108, you guys. These statistics don't count low malignant potential ovarian tumors. I don't know what that is. Cancer may develop in older women. About half of women who are diagnosed with ovarian cancer are 63 years or older. It's more common in white women than African women. I wonder why that is. But in in um other countries like africa i don't believe that they handle their menstrual cycle the same way we do in america we believe tampons 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 you know other poor countries can't afford tampons they don't do it that way they do it the natural way and they allow their bodies to cycle that out so that's a very interesting thing that White Americans with our, you know, you know, our comforts, our tampon is a convenience. Look at how easy it is. You can go swimming. You can do this. You have a tampon. Look at how it's actually very dangerous and it's starting. It's starting to show in the statistics. The rate at which women are diagnosed with ovarian cancer has slowly fallen over the past 20 years. So I wonder if it is a growing awareness, but I don't know about that. I mean, it's saying up here, the statistics are high, but it's down here saying that it's slowly, uh, ovarian cancer is slowing down. This sounds like, I don't know, because American Cancer Society, some of these websites, I don't know, you know, they definitely don't want to get people scared. Again, you're talking about big tampon companies that have a lot of money to pull some strings, you guys. And this is why nobody's ever taken it on. You're going to need a lot of manpower to stand behind you to take them on and be like, take accountability. But it will happen. It's going to come out. But the sooner consumers understand um, what they're putting in their body, you guys, and this means tampons too. And like I said, 
It's up to us parents to educate ourselves so that we can educate our children. My daughter is 14. Um, and I'm very open with her. I mean, she knows we've talked about how to use these, you know, I'm very open with my daughter. The reason being is because my mother did not know how to have this discussion with me. Um, I remember it was very awkward and she left me confused. I remember sitting there like, I have more questions than I have answers. Um, she didn't know how to handle um, this type of conversation because I believe her herself had never experienced it in a healthy way. So she didn't know how to have the conversation in a healthy way. So after that conversation with my mom, I was always a researcher. So I was reading magazines. I was reading books. I learned some stuff about the woman's body just by reading books. It, it terrified my mother because she would find letters and notes to my friends. And she would be like, um, the only way you would know this is if you had experience. And I'm like, no, I just read it in a book. Because I was very, I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know details. I remember that. Like, it really freaked my, my mom out and my stepfather. They were just like, we don't understand how you know these things. Because I research. I've always been that way. Thank you, God always been a researcher so you guys um you know it's up to you that is your challenge even as a man i invite men to educate yourself you could be changing somebody's life your mother your sister wouldn't you want your daughter to be healthy in her future your mother your sister your spouse you could you and the reason this cup thing came out is because it just happened to pop up on my Facebook. But there was a time when I did purchase the cup, right? I was so nervous. I'm standing in Walmart and I'm looking at the Diva cups going, I don't know if I should buy it. Should I buy it? And I'm looking online and I'm trying to decide and I'm like, listen, it's a $40 in Walmart. The Diva cup was 40 bucks and the Maluna was 25. So you pay going to the store. But at that moment, it was all in or all out. And I was like, I do not want to buy another box of tampons. I just refuse. So I sat there going, am I going to make the big jump? And I remember asking the Walmart woman, do you know anything personally? Because nobody I knew personally ever used them or ever talked about it. Um, it was like a very hush-hush thing. And she's like, I've heard about it. I've heard good things about it, but I've never used it. And I was like, oh. so you know what? I just bought it. And then it was, you know, I was using it and I was like, oh. and I was sitting at the table at work and I work with almost all women. There's like, now there's two guys, but back then it was just the one guy, but we were sitting there. And I just blurted it out. I was like, does anybody know anything about this product? And uh, my boss, she was like, yeah, I do. And she gave me a full review. And I'm like, ah, oh, we need this in the world. She really inspired me to put this out there. So you guys, as 
as different as this conversation is, I want to invite you to do the research for yourself. This is the challenge for you, men and women. Go out there, look it up, educate yourself. Um, and I mean that from a man's standpoint, you should understand a woman's body. I myself, when I do research, I'm researching both sides, okay? I understand biblically the man's side as well as the woman's because in order for me to fulfill my position in life, I have to understand how to be compatible and what a man's position in the world is. I have to understand how to flow in society both ways. So I educate myself on men as well. Um, it's not just one-sided. I want to know everything. So that's why I believe it's important for men to educate yourself on this. And you never know when you could be sharing information that could change a woman's life. I wish there would have been somebody I knew when I first started researching this. If there would have been somebody in my life who personally said, I've tried it, you need to do it like that, I would have changed instantly. But I didn't know anybody. So I was very reluctant to spend $40 on a product that I wasn't even sure. Like even the reviews, they weren't really talking about it. Like why I should use it. What's the difference between that and a tampon? Like why's? I want to know the why's. Um, I don't want to just know how to put it in and like how it works. I want to know the in-depth knowledge to why we went from tampons to this thing. Like what is going on that this, that costs more, is more valuable and better for a woman's body than the tampon? I need to know those details. So I'm sharing those details with you because I've done the research and I'm like so happy that I get to share this with you guys. This is actually exciting. I'm not going to lie. This was really exciting to share this with you guys. And I mean it. I want you to do the research. And any of you that have been on the edge, take the plunge and do it. And like, just know that you're doing your body a favor. Like you are, you are at least being healthy, like at least turning back things. Um, now that I've been using it for quite a while, I'm never going back. Never, never. And as my daughter gets older, I'm not going to allow her to use something that could destroy her in the future. And in educating my daughter, she's going to educate her friends and it'll be a spiral effect. And I share with people that I know, like those things, like I'm so open about it, even with men, like these things are useful. They're health beneficial. It's like, you don't want to continue doing the thing that's going to cause you cancer. And I mean it, you guys, one day it's going to come out and I will not be shocked. I'm one day somebody is going to take on the big tampon company and go, you guys know, you guys know that the things that you put in your tampons are bad for our uterus and it's causing cancer and it's causing birth defects. And the day that that happens is going to be glorious, you guys. And I will be part of the, the rise to be like, you guys need to, you know, this is messed up. Our society is messed up where these big companies are allowed to get away with causing harm to people. Like you're killing us. Like Playtex, 
You're causing cancer. Thank you. Hooray for you. Um, but ultimately, this is a consumer issue too, you guys. We cannot put the blame entirely on the product made when the consumer is consuming it. But if you don't know, you don't know. Like tampons been the big thing for a long time. And this menstrual cup, a lot of people, it's like hush, hush, hush. But I hope that this inspires you. And I hope that biblically you do have a deeper understanding. I know I've heard some things when I was growing up about it and it was misconstrued to the understanding of the menstrual cycle <clears throat> and why women were treated differently. But it's because it's dead blood, you guys. We should be keeping ourselves clean too. We're not supposed to be keeping that dead, those dead blood clots up in our body. It's toxic. Even the Bible says those blood clots are toxic. So when tampons are keeping that up in there and our body's not allowed to release it, what do you think happens to dead blood cells that get caught up in the body where the reproductive system is at? It starts to rot. It starts to decay. And you guys, I'm going to be honest Blood clots, dead blood will start to turn brown. It will start to discolor. And those blood, I'm shedding, those blood clots will start to discolor. Okay. And that is the blood rotting and turning toxic within our uterus where babies are held. How many women have gotten pregnant and have had that type of blood clot that's been rotting in their uterus that has caused birth defects in their babies? Because when you really think about it, where it said there is a higher number of ovarian cancer in white women versus African women, there is more birth defects in middle-aged women than there is a lot of other races. Have you ever wondered that? Why, like, the woman who does it all right, here's the woman, middle-aged, got the nice house, the good setting, she's got, she's got it all down, but she's having problem after problem after problem with having healthy children or even staying pregnant, you guys. How many women have suffered from miscarriages? And I can speak on that because I've had one. Um, and it was the cause of something like that. But nobody knows because in the moment it's an emotional thing. But over time, it's going to come out. Oh, what a beautiful topic, you guys. And it's already been an hour. So you guys will read further. I'm not even going to read into Genesis chapter 4. I want to keep it on the... We're going to go back and actually in Leviticus. We're going to read further about this menstrual cycle thing. I think it was quite interesting. Um, Leviticus, just so you understand, is the chapter where it talks about how we need to cleanse ourselves. This was the old covenant of God of how to cleanse ourselves from sin or how to cleanse ourselves from sickness. 
Okay. That there was a certain way, certain offerings, there was a certain way to handle these things. There was a certain way to clean yourself. Um, but Jesus Christ's sacrifice changed the way this was done. But it's still very important to go through this chapter and understand who our God is. I mean, God did some very, very miraculous things to make having a relationship with him possible before Jesus. But I mean, it wasn't enough. He, he needed to send his son, which was beautiful. Where was the other one? Um... Let's see, Leviticus 2018. Let's see what it says there. Okay. In Leviticus 2018, it says, If a man lies with a wife during her sickness and uncovers her nakedness, he has exposed her flow as she has uncovered the flow of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from their people. Now, the thing about this is because the blood was considered, it was dead blood. And there was something about the blood touching the earth, you guys. This was a big deal with God as well. And I'm going to go back to... You know, God made the world, it was clean. Our world was clean. Now there's been so much bloodshed that's spilled on the ground that, you know, I mean, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for Jesus' sacrifice. Otherwise, I don't know what would happen. But here it says, and he said, and this was God. This was in Genesis chapter four when Cain killed Abel. And in verse 10, and he said, who is God? What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. God feels those things, you guys. Because God created earth, he feels it. He's in it. His love is in it. So he feels the pain. He feels it. Now, when you're talking about spilling dead blood cells on the ground, that is toxic. Look, it's toxic to the ground. That is why they created the red tents so that women could let it go on hay and then burn it later. But see, now we have toilets and running water where we're able to dispose of it, excuse me, and flush it away. Um, you know, and when I use the cup, when I use this cup thing, you guys, you know, sometimes I, sometimes you could do it right on the toilet, but when I shower every night, I can do it then too and just clean it out like right there. Um, it's so simple. Like what a unique, amazing invention. Like I can't believe this thing was invented. What an amazing thing. You guys, they make them for young girls too. They make this size for young girls. But biblically, God tried to stress the importance of how toxic this blood is. He says it in the beginning of a creation that this is so toxic that if a man, you know, is sleeping with you while you're on this, like he is unclean too. And think about it like this, like dead blood cells, 
it's not healthy for a man to be laying with his wife and getting that on himself. It could cause a lot of issues with him as well. I'm going to be straight about it because that's what period blood is. It is dead blood coming from the blood wall. It's dead blood. And after a while, it turns brown. So that is why it's stressed in Leviticus, the importance of allowing yourself those seven days. Um, and I do believe like it is a seven day process to be fully cleansed, fully cleansed. Um, when I use this cup, it's probably like three days, maybe four that I actually use it. And then it's just a couple of days of just towards the end where it's barely anything. Um, so it's very simple. It's very beautiful. It's very clean. You guys, this is clean compared to a tampon. So you guys, a recap. Let's recap this. Oh. So it talks of, we talked about the menstrual cycle, you guys. Um, the, the importance of understanding how our body works. It's important to understand how our reproductive systems work. And um, talking about tampons and talking about how toxic they are and talking about why they're toxic for us. It's not just the chemicals that are within the tampon. The way the tampon works within the body to, you know, its job is not performing its job in a healthy way. It's actually destructive in the way that it works in the woman's body. Down the road, it is going to come out that tampons have and are causing cancer. And why did I want to talk about this? Because it's important as us adults are trying to grow and educate ourselves that we pass this down to our next generation of young women. Um, that they too have this knowledge before they even begin. It's our, us. We are the parents. We are the one who are supposed to be educating our children. We should be educating them in the proper way. Like I'm straightforward with my children and how I speak about things. I give them the news. I give them the information. I give them the education that I know. And sometimes it is very blunt. My children are like, you're just very blunt, mom. But at least they know they're going to get the truth from me. I will never sugarcoat anything. And I will never just make it uncomfortable. Like, I want my children to know that I can handle this. Because when my mom tried to talk to me about these things, as she was uncomfortable, I couldn't talk to her about it ever, ever again. Like, she didn't even know what she was talking about. So why would I ask her questions that she couldn't even answer? So out of that uncomfortableness, children are not going to turn to the one who didn't know how to answer the question. They're going to turn around to what will give them the answers. And oftentimes, you guys, the people they will turn to are their friends. They will turn to their girlfriends. They will turn to guy friends. And what do they know? 
they're in the same boat as your children. Um, fortunately for me, I didn't have those things. <laughs> I was very isolated. So I had to turn to books and magazines and articles. That's where I turned to to get my information. I didn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't have friends. And truly, my generation of girls were sexually active at very young ages. And I was not. So I didn't want their opinion. I felt that they were um, just not somebody I would trust with this type of what, with what I was looking for for me. Um, so you guys, we need to be the example. We need to start talking about these things and educating ourselves first. You have to educate yourself first to be able to give the right information. I've been researching this for a long time. I was researching the way the body worked as a teenager, but it's been the last couple of years that I've really seriously researched how the reproductive system works and the, the uterus and the wall of blood in the uterus, you know, sheds every month. This is when I've really gotten into trying to understand that process in the woman so that I understood why it was so uncomfortable for me to use a tampon and what I can do to for something different. Like I wanted a, a more healthier alternative because this wasn't working for me. I knew because of the way my body reacted, my body was miserable. And now my body is not so miserable. Like it really just... It's like a day and night process, having something like the menstrual cup. Um, so I suggest it, you guys. Like, this is definitely, um, and just, I don't think there's any particular brand. I like the Mi Luna because I know it has the different sizes. Um, when my daughter gets older, there's one for her. There's a young adult size for young girls. So that they never have to use a tampon. And that is my um, that is my route with my daughter to for her to never ever put something like that in her body. She will be educated. She will be very fortunate to have the um, knowledge um, and not just do it because I said so. I'm going to I'm educating my children as I'm giving them these, you know, these tools for life. Um, and that's what we need to do with our children, you guys, as parents. It's not do as I say and do it because I say it. We have to give them the why. Like, I was always confused because nobody could ever tell me the why. I have to know the why to everything. And now that I understand that that's human nature, we all want to understand the why. That is how I raise my children. I don't just tell them things. I give them the why. Everything's a lesson. They'll tell you that. My mother, everything's a lesson with her. She's got to tell us the why. Because one day they're going to grow up and be like, ah, I get it now. Like, I know the why. And now I can tell my friends the why. Because my mom was straight up with me. So you guys, that's a recap. We talked about this. Men and women, educate yourself especially men. Men, you know, you could really 
change somebody's life by just suggesting the knowledge that you know that you've learned learning yourself and be like yeah you know I've heard about it I know some things about it like that's that's a that's a good thing to know one day if not now you'll be a father to a daughter and it's good for a man to be educated in the understanding of like I know why um because this isn't just a one-sided thing like one day it's going to come down to you know people it's I got this I'm thinking this thing like one day you know it's going to come down to people taking down these big companies that have been making products that are toxic for us And both sides need to be present in the process for this world to change, for our society to change. And a lot of this is going on in America, you guys. But for these companies to change, us consumers have to change us purchasing them. We have to give them a reason to start looking at themselves and being like, yeah, we're doing something wrong. We need to change some things, you know. So you guys, I hope this was educational. I hope that it gets you to critically think. I hope that you really start digging inside of yourself and start doing the research for yourself. Do some research on this. That's your challenge for the day. Men and women, challenge yourself to do some research. And don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of the topic. Don't be embarrassed. Like, I have no shame anymore talking about these things with people. (laughs) I don't men and women, like we should be able to talk about these things. I've worked jobs where it was mostly women, but we were too scared to keep tampons in the workplace. And I was part of that too. Like I was too scared for people to see me take a tampon to the bathroom. That really changed me when I realized I was doing that. And I was like 34 Like, what's going on here? We should not be this way. It is a private thing, but I shouldn't be embarrassed about something that's natural. Um, We're very secretive. We don't want to talk about these things. We need to, you guys. So I hope it inspires you to talk about things. And today is Tuesday. You guys, it's towards the end of the month. I'm not going to lie. I'm really bothered by my physical activity lacking in my life this month. I need to change things up and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not happy with myself right now. I'm very, I I don't want to say disappointed, but I could have done better this month. You guys, I have been lazy all month. Um, I haven't really went for walks. I haven't done anything. I've been very lazy. I'm not going to lie. So I had a friend give me a weight scale ironically. Um, and I think that's God's way of going. You need to get back into some physical activity and I talk about it and it is healthy and I do stuff in my house, but it's good to get out even in the cold. So I've really got to evaluate and think about things. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's made me not happy about myself and it's made me very crabby. And so I have to change. I have to change. I have to change what I'm not happy about, and that's myself. 
So I will share with you what I decide to do. And it's so cold. I know I need to just start walking in the morning. I don't want to because it's cold. Do you see? Like even I get lazy, you guys. But I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. You have your challenge. Thank you for actually educating yourself and listening to this. And podcasters, like I said, when the video uploads, I will go back and upload the link for you guys to watch the video to see the diagram that I uh, have drawn because that really does bring a, a lot of understanding to have the visual. So God bless you guys and amen.